Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Perez here from An Actor Despairs. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, I don't have an actor today. I don't have a celebrity. I have to be honest with you guys. I feel very fraudulent still putting out these episodes and not taking a stance about what's going on in the world. And I've never made it a secret that I'm quite liberal and that I support Black Lives Matter to the core. I believe the police should be defunded. I believe we need a total rehabilitation of our democracy. And I believe we have a dictator in the White House who deserves to perish. But that's a topic for a darker podcast. The reason that I want to do this is because it wouldn't feel right to me to not express how I feel. A lot of other podcast hosts, they have 10 to 12 minute opening segments about what's going on in their life. And I never, ever wanted to do that in my show because I don't want my show to be about me. I want it to be about the guest. And I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but that always just seemed a little selfish to me and the goal of this podcast is to give back and a lot of people are hurting right now I'm hurting I'm, I'm out of a job acting's done so you know I had excuse me about when this podcast started I had a very close friend of mine Zach Kirby approached me and say hey man you know I, I I'd love to to do an interview and I was like uh okay, like, what's your angle? He's like, no, man, I want to interview you. And going back to what I just said, I really don't want to make this about me. But at the same time, you know, I don't have a major publication backing me. This podcast is entirely self-funded on my credit card. Kill me. And uh, I thought, yeah, sure. You know, let's, let's give the audience a chance to understand why I chose to do this show. But now that the world is in such a fraught and uh, terrifying place, I think I think we need to to say something. So I wanted to bring back Zach Kirby. Zach Kirby, welcome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me back. It was an awesome time last time, um, and I'm ready to turn this podcast upside down once again and throw the questions at you, man. I'm always going to believe that uh, you may not, but I believe that you're the perfect guest for your own podcast. And that's (laughs) why I keep showing up. I don't know about that, man. I have no credits, but I appreciate it. So it's, uh, well, I'm the only guy on your podcast that has less credits than you. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's true. I've been in a few bad movies, (laughs) but I don't count those. So just to warn the audience, I am drinking Heineken Zero, 0.0% alcohol. It's very tough times. I have not relapsed. No one needs to be concerned. I just summer and yeah. So thank you, Heineken Zero. And uh, as Ryan kind of alluded to, um, if you don't think that uh, Black Lives Matter or if you don't believe in wearing a mask and all of that, uh, Get the fuck out! I'm, just <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, yeah, you. This might not be the one for you. So, yeah, man. But look, Ryan, I came on in episode twenty-three, 
Yeah. That was that was in October. Since that time, you've come out with 56 episodes of An Actor Despairs. So COVID definitely didn't slow you down. Uh, it looks like it it uh, ramped you up. So you've been you've been working hard, man. How, how's it been going with the pod, man? Um, you know, at first I was kind of frustrated because the in person thing. You know, I, I love that because obviously I'm, I'm getting a chance to meet my heroes. But you know, uh, a friend of mine, great actor named Harry Lennox, once told me, "Ryan, adapt or die." And so, yeah, Zoom. I literally never fucking heard of the word or the program or whatever. I was just like, what the, what the fuck is this? It seems like some kind of propaganda that like started COVID. And uh, yeah, so I started doing that with guests. And yeah, I, I, you know, I had some really cool ones like Bill Pullman and others. And somehow I was able to build rapport and I was like, oh, this, this works. So I don't, oh, you know, because usually every guest that I've had prior to like episode 50 was in person and I'd meet them. And then after that, it's been all zoom and yeah, it's great, man. Like Tommy Pelfrey, Bill Pullman, David Costable, like so many awesome, you know, Sheila Vance. Uh, I'm so grateful. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled. I was actually, this is going to sound pretentious and I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. Like I, as I walked in to meet you today, I'm getting flooded with emails that, you know, I'm a one man team and I have um, two people that help me. One's named Jamie. The other uh, male or female has to remain silent for certain reasons, but they help me as much as they can, but they have jobs. So, you know, it's really me that has to get here and kind of deal with it all, you know, it's, but it's a blessing and I'm so grateful for it. So what you're telling me is, you have missed your team and you've missed the uh, interpersonal actually physically meeting people portion of it, which I agree that that adds an element to it. But um, man, it seems like it might be easier to get a hold of pe- of, of, of actors on the zoom call than it is to get them to show up somewhere. Is that, yeah. is that the case? I, th- I, th- yeah, I think part of the, the reason too, that I've enjoyed it as a, uh, I'm going to tell the audience, we just did like 20 minutes and I forgot to hit record like a fucking idiot. But (laughs) sorry, Zach was mentioning how it's like Groundhog Day. And the reason amongst many others, my mom's not doing well. Um, I came down to Richmond was to, you know, get a break from the monotony and like really like, you know, in New York, every day is exactly the same. I wake up in the morning, I do the same thing. I go to the park, McCarran, I see the same people. Like, yeah, I, at a certain point, I just, like, become so hungry for social interaction. I, I don't think I need to tell you, Zach, I'm a, I'm a social being. I love talking to people. And, yeah, I, I, I honestly get panic attacks at, at certain points of the day that, like, oh, my God, I've not spoken to anyone today. Full disclosure, Ryan and I are in the same location. We're social distancing. Yeah. I'm located in a closet, if you can't tell. I am yeah. located on the sexy Griffin Thiesing's bed, who is available <laughs> for all kinds of pleasure. That bed is vacant. If you would like um, more info on Griffin, I'm going to post a photo of him right now. Uh, DM his me. telephone number and his social. And yeah. 
yeah but yeah man uh yeah we're uh we're totally social distancing right now in separate rooms so don't worry about us but yeah it, it was good to see you in real life that's something that uh isn't coming you know isn't coming easy these days nobody's coming easy these days <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, when I when I think about like the most isolated COVID feelings, if I had to give that a city backdrop, it would probably be New York City. Is that dude? I mean, I'm telling you, man. I've lived there for 12 years, and I think any New Yorker will identify with this. Like our experience with the pandemic was so real, and you know, there was two blocks from my apartment, there were body trucks, you know just blood coming out of them. And, you know, that was in March. And so, you know, it was so annoying seeing this ignorant fuck Trump and all these other Republicans and the GOP, the most evil organization in the world, you know, try to say, oh, no, we need to stay open. Oh, fuck mass. And, you know, Dr. Fauci, I, I really do respect him for standing up. But it was, uh, we saw the storm that was going to hit. And now it's hitting. And, of course, Mitch McConnell and all of the Senate want to do nothing to help people despite them being out of millions and millions and millions of jobs, myself included. Yeah, dude. I mean, at this point, even if you're an idiot and you don't see the reality of this or if you're that, you know, isolated and I don't mean COVID isolated. I mean, just isolated in your thinking and in your experiences and you haven't seen the reality of it, even if you are that way and you don't believe that this is something that's taking place why do these people not have just the human decency to like it's a at the very least wearing a mask is just a gesture like yeah. even if you don't believe it's just a courtesy gesture it's like you know it's it's less than holding the door for someone it's <laughs> It's you don't even it's it's nothing to, to to send the message to someone. I care about you. I care about your life, your kid's life, your grandparents' life. But that's too hard for people or certain people, you know. And and I can't. Uh, that is amazing to me. Um, you know, I I always want to spin stuff positively. Twenty twenty. The best part of twenty twenty is that. There's no more snakes in the grass. You can tell exactly who people are. If yeah. you're walk, if you're walking around, it's almost August. If you're walking around in August without a mask, you're an asshole. I don't fuck with you. Period. If you are in August still saying all lives matter and not understanding what what oh, that means God. and and what the implications of that are, or if you're not comfortable, you know if. If, if if stuff hasn't hit you by now, it's not going to. So therefore, I'm not going to waste my time with you. And I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to clean up my life even further. And I hope that a lot of people are feeling that way. At least we don't have to wonder about who's who and 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 who's worth it, who's worth time and energy because it's become apparent this year more so than any other year. I think, you know, man, and I, I, I could be totally wrong because I'm not an optimist. I think we're headed for a civil war, and I think it's already going on. I think the problem that people can't see, the lens is that, you know, most revolutions and wars have taken place on battlefields. Like, this is a, this is a cyber war, and eventually it, it will get much more violent. I hope not, man. I hope... Um... 
I hope maybe the majority of people have grown from this as opposed to grown, you know, apart. Um, we'll, we'll see. We will see. But dude, uh, you know, like, like I was saying, it seems like living in New York city would be especially lonely, maybe because of like the, the contrast of it, you know, when it's running normal yeah being such a hustle bustle to now you know nothing everything's close yeah dude even even being here in virginia i was telling my mom i feel like i'm in fucking vegas you know i was supposed to go (laughs) home on on sunday and i was like i don't want to like i don't i don't really need to be back yet and obviously my mom's sick so i want to take care of her and i'm like this is amazing you know like obviously i wear a mask and i do all that and yes I know there could be consequences of too many things being open, but you know, just it's just as a human man, with you know, without a concern for the world, selfishly, it's it's been a fucking joy, man. I I needed this, you know. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, usually it's the other way around, and and the Richmonders are trying to get to New York City, but I, I do totally. hear you. I do hear you. This has not been a bad place to be during during 2020. I am very proud of of our city, man. I uh, what, what about during the monuments, dude? I, I I couldn't I couldn't be more proud of that. Um, that that was a that was a culmination of of a lifetime's worth of interest in in my world. Um, yeah. and I, I couldn't have been more proud of that. You know, just to cover the base before I move on. I was proud of how we, we had handled COVID. You know, there you could find exceptions. I'm sure someone from Richmond will be like, well, I saw people. But for the most part, I felt like our community came together and, and took it serious. And, you know, other than the idiots, I don't pay attention to idiots. But we, we did all right, man, with the COVID. It, but, man, once, the once you know, the, the George Floyd thing happened, it was awesome to see Richmond finally – we, we were at the forefront of the, of the, of the issue. Um, you know, obviously for, for those who, who don't know, we, Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy and we had a, uh, a, a, a street and really not just Monument Avenue, uh, the entire district there has a lot, has a lot of, a lot of statues. And most of, uh, most of them were of Confederate, Confederate, you know, participants and uh, it's always been a huge juxtaposition for such a for such a you know what can be such a modern city and such a diverse city to have some a relic of such an awful thing. But it was also very eye catching and and uh, a tourist attraction. And everything else, man. My whole life, I've been looking at those statues, look and and thinking about them, you know, deeply, appreciating the 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 aesthetic and, and appreciating that, like, wow, like where else has a, a line of, of these lightning rods, man. And I, I even wrote about it in college 10 years ago that like, this was a wild juxtaposition. You weren't in college 10 years ago. I was dude. I was, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting old, but yeah, man, to see those, those statues, finally get the the attention that they should and have them start the conversations that they Wait, did. fuck. I was in college 10 years ago. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's funny when it hits you. But yeah, dude, to see those to see those statues start the conversations that they started and to see them reworked, remixed with that beautiful I mean like I think that the 
they've become more aesthetically appealing with the with the color and stuff it, it's 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 definitely more interesting it's a it's a revamp of it and then to see a lot of them come down man i i thought we set an example that the that the world could follow and and we started a lot of conversations that were happening all over the world and it's it's the most proud that i've been to be from richmond how do you feel you know cuz obviously i'm liberal and i imagine you are too about a democratic governor who didn't step down after wearing blackface and supporting the cause. It's funny how... And the lieutenant governor. They they arguably didn't step down because whoever it was handed to would have been a Republican. It's funny how different things are not that long ago. And by not that long ago, I don't mean five, ten years ago. I mean like ten months ago. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, man. The Redskins name, it, I was conscious of it, but, like, did it super bother me? Uh, not really. But now I'm, like, incensed by it. Um, and with, with you know, Northam and his whole deal, of course that, of course that made everyone mad. But now I don't think that if that came out now that he would have been able to survive that. I still I don't know. I don't think, that, and that's just, that's like a year ago, man. That's not five Dude, years ago. That's not think about ago. Robert Downey Jr. In, in that Ben Stiller movie. You know, like that, he got nominated for Academy Award. Would that movie ever be made today? Fuck no. Right. I mean, there there's still like degrees of it. And when you go back 20, like when you go back 20 years, I don't want to give people a pass. That's not the case, but like, there, you know, he, Northam, Robert Downey Jr. is an entertainer. Entertainers make mistakes, especially a, a they're not held to the same moral esteem as as a politician should be, as a public servant should be. And so, back to your original point, man, I think that Northam should have set an example for his party and as an individual, and probably stepped down. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he can make up for it with, with his, you know, with his policies and, and whatnot. But I think if that news broke today, there's no way he would have survived that. Fuck no, he'd be murdered. <laughs> but look, man, back to the pod. I just, I, I, I don't want to stray too far from the pod, you know. Um, dude, 56 episodes since we last talked. That's a lot, that's a lot to remember. But uh, have any, have any moments since we last talked, have any oh, any interviews stood out? So many, man. I'm, I, excuse me. <sighs> wow. Wow. Um, Your host. Man, I, I, you know, people yell at me sometimes. They're like, you know, dude, you, you say it's your favorite actor in every intro. And I'm like, tell me your favorite song. And they're like, I can't. And I'm like, that, no shit. It's like, you have a hundred favorite songs. And so I'm so grateful for everyone that came on. I think one of the funniest moments was just, you know, we weren't even recording yet, like on the podcast system and Bill Pullman, you know, clicks to join zoom. And then I, I put it on my Instagram and Bill Pullman's just like, Brian. And if you had told me when I was like eight years old watching Casper that that would ever happen, I lost my mind. <laughs> awesome, dude. So it was a lifelong dream fulfilled. Yeah. 
is Casper is Casper one that sticks out to you? Should that have uh, gotten an Academy Award or something? No, I mean obviously, <laughs> obviously, him and I had a long talk. You know, going back to the politics about the Independence Day speech before the fight. Greatest, greatest uh, presidential speech in movie history ever. And I don't know if you know this, but Trump stole it and put his face over it and changed the words to some nonsensical speech. And Bill was fucking pissed. <laughs> Dude, I, I got to go back and listen to that interview because, yeah, that's that's someone who is um, he, he he looms in, in my childhood. He's that's my president right there, man. Yeah, I said that to him. I was like, you're the president we all need. <laughs> Look, Ryan, so 56 episodes since October, your production is way up. We talked about how COVID has affected that. Last time we spoke, and that that means on the pod and, you know, a couple uh, personal conversations that you and I had, and I'm like begging you, and I know that other people have these conversations with you as well. You were not taking the podcast as a – I mean, you're taking it serious, clearly. The product is prime. But but you were describing yourself as a visitor, not a resident of the podcast world. Has that changed for you at all since that time? Uh, I mean, dude, I think it's one of those things, like going back to the Casper joke, is like even when I was 18, if you had told me I would start a podcast one day, I'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? And, you know, man, I, I'm an actor and, you know, luckily in the past couple of years, I've gotten momentum and started auditioning for some things and got in for some things. But, you know, the thing I've talked about with a lot of actors on this show is like, it doesn't fucking matter unless you get the role. No one talks about the person who is this close to getting the role. And I don't know. I think I... I mean, I'm going to be very honest here. I think in some ways I, I, I resented the podcast because it was a, a testament to that I, I have yet to make it. Yeah, I disagree. Um, first of all, I think that both avenues, and you know this, both avenues can exist simultaneously. And I think that uh, your your success in one does not correlate to the other, man. You could... You could be uh, Bill Pullman and be starting a podcast and you're still, you're a novice in the podcast world. And at this point though, you are not a novice in the podcast world. You've put together something that is, you know, prolific in number and, and prolific in quality, man. So I I hope that you're starting to feel like you've got. No, I I am. I'm I'm very proud of of the work I've done. In fact, so proud that, I've been so focused on doing a good job that I missed the 50th episode. I was like planning this big thing. And then I was like, fuck, we're on like 64. I didn't even know. <laughs> you know, you know, when's a really good uh, episode number to, to run a special episode 79. The, that's a good one. Why is that? Cause it's this one. Oh shit. <laughs> I was going to say like a hundred. Yeah. 100. It's, ran- it's, it's random as fuck. That's why. But look, man, Today on Instagram, on your personal account, you asked people, you know, who they'd like to see on your show. I want to ask you, who's your who's your dream guest? Uh, don't give me don't give me your hundred favorite songs. That whole metaphor either. Give me a couple, man. Some 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 dreams. 
pie in the sky shit. I'm going to be honest because we've reached out to them, but they didn't respond. Leo, Brad, um, I really wanted this director named Tim Van Patten. And who else? Uh, I really want, um, God, what is, what's, what's their name? Oh, Dominic West. Shooting for the stars with Leo and Brad, man. I hope, I hope you land on the moon with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I've had a lot of Leo's films on the show. That true, he, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to answer your question from Instagram Live and say that my dream guest for you is uh, Ken Jong. Yeah, but that's but look, and look, I say this because not because the hang like, dude, his movies are trash, and I, yeah. I love I love Community. But he's not even, like, a great part of that. Like, I don't love his work, but I just, I like, you know, that he was, like, a doc, you know, that he was yeah. just, like, a regular dude until he was, like, 40, you know? It, it, it's, it's really tough when guests have their own podcast, and True. he's got a podcast, so. With uh, Joel McHale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I Sounds don't like maybe you reached out to him. No, I did not. In fact, I was I was listening to a podcast that I love called Bad Friends, and Bobby Lee, who's one of my all time favorite Asian comedians, and him came up together. You know, Bobby Lee was obviously a lot more successful. They were in the uh, the Kims of comedy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Bobby was way more successful earlier than yeah. Ken. And uh, I don't want to. You know, this is what I heard is that. Uh, you know, they were kind of resenting Bobby because he was getting paid more money at, at the shows and Ken assaulted Bobby. And, you know, obviously, like years later, they made up and he bumped into Ken at the, at the comedy store. And Bobby Lee has another incredibly successful podcast called Tiger Belly. And he, he went up to Ken and was like, hey, man, I'd really love to have you on my show. Would you do it? And he goes, you got to talk to my publicist which is, that means no. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're, you're riding with, with Bobby Lee on that beef. Yeah, man. I, I, that's another guest, Bobby Lee yeah. and Andrew Santino. I'd love to have them on. All right, I'll settle for Bobby Lee. But, yeah, I guess my, my dream my dream guess isn't going to come true, man. That's all well, right. All, all good things in time, man. Once Leo does it, I'll be like, Ken, don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have no choice after yeah, Leo comes yeah, on. Yeah. Hey, so – you know, how has, has the podcast, uh, its prevalence, it's, it's continued, uh, momentum. Has it impacted your, your, your fare with the, with the, uh, auditions or anything? Well, dude, you you got to keep in mind that right. Is it exploded? Right. It, it did for a second. You know, uh, I, I did, uh, a, a series of interviews with some of the finest, Finest guests in the world: Daisy Edgar Jones, Paul Mescal, uh, Fiona O'Shea, and uh, Lenny Abraham. Lenny Abrahamson, and uh, they had a show called Normal People, and I got them before the show came out. And boy, did that one just fucking take off like wildfire! And you know, there was a moment there where uh, I'd had to change my Facebook name, and uh, I shouldn't have said that. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> And then also, uh, I just got 
thousands of Instagram messages. And I still do actually, but you know, for the most part, I I try to answer and I'm nice, but there are a lot of weirdos out there. Yeah. (laughs) But look, man, it sounds like maybe some of these opportunities are just on hold. Maybe they're not, you know. Yeah. But the the question is, you know, are they going to remember any of this in two years? You know, right. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can keep churning out the product and there's no way that they can forget. Look, man, I, uh, I, I wanted to ask you too, you know, and, and you're, you're touching on it, but how, you know, how much, to what degree is COVID shutting down, you know, the audition process? Pretty much a hundred percent, man. I mean, it's, it's all self tapes now, but the union, they're kind of in standoffs with, you know, what they want to do is they want cast and crew to, uh, what's that word called? Uh, when you when you unionize? No, when you stay together, quarantine together. Oh, oh, and, oh. <laughs> and as I'm sure you can imagine, there are a lot of actors with a lot of egos. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that don't want to do that. Yeah, they want to do like an NBA thing where we're all going to get together to shoot this, but like we got to quarantine for two weeks before we start shooting. Yeah, and you know, just don't have time for it. I got you. But 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 the trouble is, you know, a lot of these shows that were supposed to, you know, I had. Jay Smith on from Succession, you know, a lot of these shows were supposed to shoot in April. And, uh, you know, a company like HBO, which is owned by Time Warner, will be fine. But some of these other ones, they will not be fine. And originally, they were looking at doing, like, guerrilla-style seasons, like, you know, possibly moving overseas, because I know The Matrix 4 is filming in Germany. But, you know, with the unions and just because there's so many, you know, hands involved in, in making a film or a TV show, it's, it's at, at, you know, a Mexican standoff, if you will. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I've always thought that the theme of your show is, 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 isn't just the, the unsung acting heroes, but kind of just all of the grit that goes into something that's glamorous as television and movies and so yeah. forth. So, do you, you know, the, the actors on your show and the people that your actors are talking about, the cameramen and, and so forth, th- those people are not getting, you know, Will Smith checks for their, for the yeah. movie, for the work that they do. So do you, are you worried, you know, long-term about like your, the, you know, your, your demographic of guests, like or how much do you think that this is affecting a guy like, you know, Dean Winters or, or someone I mean, I think I think everyone is is at an impasse of no one has any idea, and I've heard from some people that are producers and work at very big companies that a lot of the bigger ones that have the money to survive are just saying 2022 vaccine. That's when we can do it safely, and then there are other ones that you know, like I said, money's on the line. They're losing a lot of money and. They're going to have to figure something out. But part of, part, part of the problem for actors like me is like, I, I'll explain this because I've never really explained it on the show. There's what's called co-star and guest star. Co-star is usually under five lines, you know. Would you like more water? And then guest star can be anywhere from like, you got one scene to you're in every scene in an episode. And what I've been hearing is that shows 
are going to be ending that until there's a vaccine because it's a body that the cast and the crew don't know coming on set and it's just not worth it. So if I had to guess, you're going to see a lot of shows do not just internal, but introspective seasons. Yeah. It kind of restricts the, uh, restricts the art. Yeah. And, and also extras no more. Yeah. That, that could get weird, man. Uh, but look, I, uh, I want to, I want to play a game, not necessarily a game. It's not really, it's not the, the lightest topic either, but I want to go through these and kind of quickly let's determine whether it is dead. Is it dead? First one, theatrical releases. Is it dead? It, it's, it's certainly on the chopping block. You think 2021 we get back in the theater or 2022? I think 2021 they'll have vaccines, but I don't think any person in their right mind will take it. 2022 will, will be the year. But you think that there is a possibility that theatrical releases are a thing of the past? I think this, yes. I think this. I think that was coming no matter what, but this has now made people Accelerated realize. it quite a bit. I, yeah. I agree with you. I think that was coming, but, man, it, it yeah. stepped way on the gas. All right, same thing with Broadway shows. Broadway shows, man, you know, I, I work on Broadway. It's my dream to do Broadway. I think they will be back. I don't know in what form. And I think most of the shows that we're running, you know, that should still open, even shows like Hamilton and Lion King that have been running for years will not make it. All right. Uh, How about, you know, same vein, uh, concerts? Concerts are really fucked. I know that for a fact. I have a friend who's an agent and nobody's booking anything till you know, summer 2021 at the earliest. And they're thinking that's probably going to get canceled. When it comes to sports, I will handle that one and say, you know, as you're seeing, they have the NBA, the major league, major league baseball has, has come up with decent contingency plans. The NBA better than major league baseball. They're currently suffering an outbreak and probably will get shut down. But I would compare the fate of seeing live sports. I would compare that to movies. I think that we were always headed towards kind of like fanless stadiums, but that might be coming a lot quicker than we thought. Um, I also think as we move closer to VR and the capabilities of what I've been seeing, I had this wonderful uh, VR expert, uh, Alex Amico, uh, um, I hope I said that right. I'm sorry, Alex. Uh, explain where we're headed with virtual reality. So I think that is going to play a huge factor. Do you, We touched on this, but do you think that network television shows and, you know, HBO shows that require, you know, studio filming, on-site filming, do you think that do you think that network television shows are on the chopping block as well? So when you say network, um, let me correct you. Network means NBC, ABC, CBS. Yeah. Premium content would be HBO, Netflix. Right, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I honestly didn't mean to include HBO and so forth because they have, because they've not dealt with the same 
they they've never played by the same rules. Yeah. I, I I'm sorry. I mean network television. Your you know your Law and Order, prime time, seven yeah. o'clock drama comedies on NBC, ABC, CBS. What, yeah. what do you think that that? Yes, I think they will be fine because you know Law and Order has NBC Universal. You know CBS has Viacom. Fox has Disney. ABC has Disney, so they're fine. Yeah, and I, you know, I think they'll be fine too because while there's a while there's a gap in production, they have all this. There's been a big boom during during the uh, the quarantine, whatever you want to call it, of of retro content. I mean, yeah. everybody's everybody's going back and and watching you know uh, their favorite show from the mid two thousands or from the nineties, or they're catching up on on episodes they haven't seen of 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 shows where are you at in the retro versus new content do you consume more old stuff or are you exploring new stuff on your uh screens 50 50 i uh i have a really weird habit of even though i've seen it five thousand times i go back and forth between watching band of brothers and the pacific over and over again to remind me that i'm a total pussy complaining about this that makes sense. I like that. I like that. So kind of in that vein, man, because um, I'll, I'll just tell you, dude, I am, unfortunately, because I pride myself on being an artist and I pride myself on being really open-minded. And Yeah, and I see it. You're putting out rap lyrics and I love it. <laughs> and, want, and wanting to like open myself up to new stuff and, and everything. But man, I find myself just watching the same things, man. I, I yeah. watch. I watch The Office, I watch Parks and Rec, and I watch Community. Yeah. And and which leads me to my next question and that and that is the thing that I will take a break from from that uh escapism is for a great documentary. I've watched all the all the new docs, especially the true crime ones and you know, obviously I like Tiger King or I was intrigued by Tiger King yeah. and I, and I watched all I watch all the docs that come out. So, yeah. what are in the same way of uh, retro versus new content, where do you find yourself in the balance of information versus escapism? I mean, I think every human would be lying if they didn't say they need escapism. Like this is embarrassing to admit, but the other night I was feeling kind of blue and I put on a walk to remember, (laughs) but but I'd say, I'd say, 75% 75% of the time I'm information, 25% of the time escapism. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good, that's a good balance. I didn't know you were so serious, Ryan. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, it's my, my, uh, my favorite quote from the wire is, uh, you know, I, I can't say it, but, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, black people and people of color and, they said, you know, white people don't need to be scared of guns. They need to be scared of uh, N-word with a library card. <laughs> <laughs> would you uh, Would you rather right now, would you rather have a hot comedy on Netflix or would you rather have a hot documentary? Comedy. Yeah, because people go back to comedies. They yeah. don't really go back to documentaries. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel the same, man. I feel the same. Look, something near and dear that's going on. Uh, the last it's, it's it's been going on for years now, but it's really heated up in the last couple weeks and days. Is uh, is Kanye and all of his uh, 
many misadventures. How you? Where? Let's take your temperature on Kanye. I mean, I met him briefly once, and he was a fucking alien. And I think he surrounds himself with yes people, just like Amber Heard did. And I think he's fucking out of his mind. I think he's surrounded by people that are more out of their mind than he is. And he's probably struggling with the reality of like being bipolar and having a delusional ego and having a family that has the same thing, but even way worse. Yeah. Um, You know, a little background. I mean, you're not going to find someone who's more, more versed and uh, more immersed in, in Kanye. I, I started following Kanye really like Oh two, like before the college dropout came out and I have felt a kinship of spirits with this man as many people have uh, the Kanye fans. Cause I don't even really want to call myself that anymore, but um, people who have been associated with that, there, there it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a breed. I mean, we're, we're really into it. Um, and I've definitely been that. And then some, as, as, my, as has my wife, um, it's, I feel like I've lived my life, uh, following Kanye or explaining Kanye to people, explaining Kanye to myself. And I have finally reached a limit to that. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to recognize that I do think that Kanye has exemplified that he is very mentally ill. Yeah. And above anything else, I hope that he can, like, he needs to get away. And he, he, he got away in 2016. They hospitalized him. It was not long enough. It, it wasn't taken seriously. Um, he needs to really go away. And because if you think about it, if for 20 years you've just project after project, tour after tour, just nonstop, constantly, yeah. no matter whether you like him or not, or think he deserves the recognition that he gets and everything else. That is a crazy schedule. And then once you add that Kardashian element to it and all the things that he brings into his world, man, you are talking about a life that is unlike any other that's that, that anyone else has lived in the last 20 yeah. years. It's crazy. Like you said, it's, it's alien like, and man, it's just gotten, it's spiraled out of control for him, man. It's way, it's way out of, it's way out of his, out of his hands at this point. And those people that he has surrounded himself with need to step up and prove that they, you know, were worthy of his, of his love, whatever's going on. Help that man out. Like clearly he, he, he needs help. I understand he has a hard time listening to other people, but you got to find a way to connect and get this man the help that he needs before he does something dangerous. I do want to say, you know, for all the for all the hate that Kanye receives, I know you're not a big Kanye guy. Fuck no. <laughs> if 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 Kanye rapes if Kanye raped someone or if Kanye, you know, committed violence or domestic abuse something like you would know, trust me. So he has not done anything to actually hurt anyone. His words hurt people. He is an awful orator. But his art has also brought people a lot of happiness, you know, whatever. But his words hurt people. He has not actually hurt anyone. But I think we're getting to the stage now where I'm starting to be concerned that he will, that he could actually harm himself or someone else. And it's time to shut it down. 
Let's let this man heal. The last thing that he needs to be jumping into is poli- is the political circus going on. Yeah, he's a megalomaniac. But, dude, he's also a person. And at this point, we all need to we need to ignore Kanye. That's tough for me. Yeah. But it has to be done. We can't make him into a meme. We can't expect the next album and be where we just need to leave him alone. He needs to, we don't need to cancel. I don't think we need to cancel him because all he's done is say some dumb shit. It's been hurtful, but it's not like cancelable quite. What about the Taylor Swift thing? That was pretty fucked up. Well, taking the mic from Taylor Swift. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that bitch talk anyway. But that's <laughs> that's me. That's your girl, man. That's neither here nor there. Oh, it's not. It's not my girl. That's a that's a rich banker's girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's eleven years ago, man. The thing I'm most mad at him about, the thing that put me over the edge is, as crazy as it always was, it was always done in the name of helping people be more themselves and. Yeah. And I do this for the people, the people, the people. Yeah. And then this man made a gospel album and couldn't do an interview without talking about money, 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 money. Yeah. I don't, I, you, you don't even mess with religion at all. I'm very, I'm real spiritual. I'm very versed in religion. I like gospel music. Actually. I don't like gospel and church mixed up with money. I, the churches that I like are the ones that are community centers Kanye is, has turned way too much into a, a money-making entity. That's not what you came in here doing. Jay-Z immediately from jump told you that I'm about wealth. He, stro- he strives for wealth, and he teaches wealth. Kanye, you talk, he, he immediately stated, I'm here to touch people's souls and all that. Bro, cool, do that. Don't talk about money. I didn't like that. Then in this presidential campaign, He's come out and been, you know, um, pro-life and, and anti-choice is how I would how I would phrase it. That's whack, bro. Like, I'm not even saying like I'm super. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. I'm like super pro-abortion or anything. But like, you got to live and let live. That's what. That's what 2020 is about. That's what. That's what we all need to be doing is live and let live and let people have their choices and just shut the fuck up. Like, why do you even need to come out and say that? I just want Kanye to shut the fuck up, go home, focus on music for the next five years. Don't want to hear from you. We don't have to cancel him, but let's give him a serious break. Sorry for the rant, but you know, I'm passionate about it. Do you have any thoughts? <laughs> uh, I don't think we need any more Kanye, but you know, Hey man, I respect the, the love. Yeah. Look, man, I want to play another game real quick. All right. You can give me you can give me a little explanation if you want, but uh, you don't have to. We are going to play overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Okay. Do you need an explanation as to what that is? No. I think you're very smart, and you don't need that. All right, Over, uh, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. The Office. Uh, overrated. I thought you might say that. Care care to expand? Um. That documentary comedy thing is just fucking done to – I'd rather bash my head in the wall. No, no points for them being more at the forefront. I mean, we're talking about 05, 06. They weren't at the forefront. Ricky Gervais was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next. Overly, under, uh, overrated, underrated, properly rated, Breaking Bad. Uh, properly rated. All right. Uh, how about Twilight. 
Uh, I love Catherine Hardwick, and I like the first one, but it's uh, it's overrated. <laughs> All right. How about Rocky? Uh, As a franchise, not just one. You know, I get it, and I know how people love that kind of, you know, working class alcoholic recovery story, but overrated. All right. Arrested Development. Um. Actually, I haven't seen it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I found something that you haven't seen. Yeah. That's pretty popular, man. I know. I tried watching the pilot, and I was just like, ugh. All right. How do you, how do you feel, overrated, underrated, or properly rated about the movie Kindergarten Cop? Uh, well, I mean, I loved it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since I was eight, so I'm going to say properly rated. <laughs> That was that was Griffin's addition to the list. Oh, really? Yeah. What to follow up on that? What do you think is Arnold Schwarzenegger's greatest uh, theatrical performance? Uh, it's a tie between Jingle All the Way and Terminator Two. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, man. One last question when it comes to uh, what you're watching and how you're feeling about about entertainment. Can you give me? Since we talked about retro versus current shows, yeah. and, you said, and you said you were 50-50, give me your top three retro shows, and meaning out of production, yeah, and your top three current shows. Well, obviously, The Wire. Um, I think Six Feet Under was grossly, grossly overlooked, underlooked. Sorry, Heineken <laughs> Zero. Um, and then... Oh man, I know the answer to this. It's gonna kill me. I have one that I fucking ah. You know what? Party down. All right. How about current? Current. I think um, devs is really great. Um, I think um, Perry Mason. You know, is Tim Van Patten, Shea Wiggum, Matthew Reese. You know, Lily Taylor, all good friends, except I don't know Tim. Out of this world. It's that pilot is like, I would say, perfect. Gotcha. Um, and also, one more, make it count. I really, whew, normal people. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, man. We are. Getting close to the end of our 79th special episode. Woo-woo! My second episode with you. And, dude, I just didn't want the opportunity to slip by without, you know, asking you if there's, you know, anything on your mind uh, as it pertains to, you know, the social unrest. Yeah, man, I've lost so many friends this summer over the world. And just, I mean, it's funny, man, you know, it's like, I don't say this in a pretentious way. I have an app that tells me when someone unfollows me and it like alerts me. And uh, it's just for fucking the show. And, you know, every time that like I see an unfollow, I'm like, oh, it's a celebrity. I, they didn't think that was funny. And it's always some fucking high school friend that I went to school with who's clearly a racist and couldn't take the post. So, I mean, how are you looking at that? Are you looking at that as a positive or a negative? Or are, you, are you hurt or what? I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. I mean, getting unfollowed is just like it's such it's such it's such a like what made someone so mad <laughs> that they're like unfollow. You know what I mean? Like, I hear you. You can also mute someone or, you know, take a break. I have no idea. It's just hilarious. Yeah, man. Like I said earlier, though, I, I really just like it when people make it clear where you're like, oh, okay, you're not worth you're not worth my time. Yeah. I will make sure I never think or speak to you again. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I've, I've seen 2020 as an opportunity just to cut the fat, man. It's been kind of kind of liberating. I don't want to make light of, you know, I mean, there were people with much bigger problems than, you know, who's still their, who's still their friend and all that. But like, yeah, yeah, I've actually enjoyed that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, how, how, how has it been for you coming back down to Richmond? Are you, uh, dude, great, man. I mean, I love seeing everyone. It's like, it's like having a social life again. I I miss it. It was was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's it's been a it's been a rough time. It's been uh, you know a repetitive, monotonous yeah. time. But it's also been a proud time for Richmond, and happy yeah. to ha- happy to yeah, have man. you back. I'm, I'm, I'm really. I was speaking to my buddy Denzel Whitaker about it. You know, who's been here with me, and we're really proud of the city. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's doing big things too, man. That's your guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm about to do. I shouldn't announce this, but I'm about to do a little part in this movie. Oh, all right. There yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. I think we should end on that. An actor yeah. despairs, maybe not for long. Maybe he <laughs> won't be despairing for long, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I always have fun working with you, man, and this has been awesome. Dude, we'll do it again. I love you yeah. so much, brother. Yeah, see you in the living room, pal. Uh, all right, bro. I'm going to open your you, door man. now. Later. See ya. Love you, too.